Welcome back to the Weird Science Marvel Comics Podcast, our main Marvel episode here, episode 310. And I'd like to just thank everybody for listening. I really do appreciate it. I think that it's pretty cool that people would want to listen to us. We're a bunch of dummies, and we're not going to end up talking down to anybody. So I would like to say that we're the Marvel Podcast for the people. That's just me, right? And if you are listening, hey, you're a member of the Get Fresh crew. You just passed the test. Now, with that, you can go and follow us at Twitter at WS Marvel Comics. WS stands for Weird Science. That makes complete sense in my mind. What also makes complete sense in my mind is if you follow us, we will follow you back 100%. Again, because it's nice. And if you want to take the effort to see what I'm up to, hey, I'll check out your tweets as well. I'll be a creeper. I'll creeping in a creeping in there. Yeah, that's how it goes. Also go to our website, weirdsciencemarvelcomics.com, and also then our Patreon, patreon.com slash weirdscience, where each week we have a ton of shows. We really do have a ton of shows, DC comics, Marvel comics, indie comics, even stuff that isn't comics related, like cartoon shows and movie shows and pop culture shows, stuff like that. But one of the big things that we do that I always do point out each week, the badass level of the Get Fresh crew, beep, boop, they end up picking two books from all the books that are coming out. And those two books, then we do a Patreon-only spotlight episode, where obviously that means it's only on Patreon. But we end up talking about those books and, you know, have some fun with it and relax a little and whatnot. And this week, you end up getting Web of Spider-Man number one and Heroes Reborn Night Gwen number one. Now, the Night Gwen deal is basically... You know, Gwen Stacy as Batgirl and the Web of Spider-Man, number one. It's very confusing to be that book of who it's it's geared towards and whatnot. But what did shock me is I, I always look at the comic book roundup to see the written review scores of things and what's the aggregate score. I love stats. So I go over and I'm looking and I see that Web of Spider-Man. Oh, no, it, it has an aggregate score of six. Now, this aggregate score is very easy to figure out. Only one person reviewed it. That's shocking to me. I mean, I thought that this was going to be, I mean, it's a Spider-Man book. It is something a little on the side, but still, only one one site? It's so odd. Uh, with that, I don't know who it's for. It seems to be a movie continuity that's also skewed a little younger, but, you know, it is what it is. But, yeah, me and Brandon, and just that shout-out, me and Brandon talked about that and the Night Gwen issue so if you want to hear that go over to the patreon i'll say it one more time patreon.com slash weird science but with that we're going to go off to this show we're going to start with some news and then i'll be joined like i said by clay and brandon and then i will be going through a couple books on my own so here we go with the news now it's time for jim and the news listening to jim is what i want to do He's talking solicits and very uncovers before all the meat and the cheese that's from under. And now it's time for Jim and the news. 
Oh, yes, it is time for me and the news, and I have two news items here, and then maybe even slip in a little one as well. We'll see. We'll see how that goes. Uh, these are both news stories that I saw on the Newsarama website, and the first one is Tennessee Coates' Captain America finale delayed until July, and I think that with all of everything that Coates does in his books, you know, the, the biggest villain that he's created is the deadline. The deadline. <laughs> yeah. Because, boy, Captain America and especially that Black Panther, holy moly, those books were delayed. Uh, and people, you know, like what they want or whatnot. I have not heard anybody that I've talked to that has continued reading Captain America. My man, Double Aaron, continued on with Black Panther, but Captain America. I had people at the beginning because we did talk about the first couple issues on this podcast, and I ended up getting really bored really quickly with it, and we dropped it, and I had some people complaining or whatnot, and I said, well, whatever level it is at this point, if you think it's great, whatever, but tell me when you think it doubles in quality, doubles in the excitement and all that stuff, then we will go back to it, I ain't getting any words back from anybody And it's a shame because some of the big books that I ended up wanting to do, and and really the reason why I started the podcast was to force myself to have to read and catch up. And some of the things, and Captain America is one of my favorite characters at Marvel, and we really haven't been able to talk about him because I just was not digging this run. So hopefully that they'll uh, announce who the next writer is. They already have announced who's going to be on Black Panther. It is John Ridley, if you're not aware of that. John Ridley of the screenwriting fame, but also doing the next Batman stuff over at DC. Uh, But yeah, I'll see who they end up announcing. And I'll I'll do when the Black Panther comes out with John Ridley. We'll start doing it. If we like it, we'll continue. If not, whatnot. But yeah, I'm looking forward to see who might be on Captain America. And before I ended up hitting the record button here, I was trying to think of who I would think would be on Captain America. And I, I couldn't come up with anybody. I, I, right away, I'm like, well, Donnie Cates, right? But he's got too many books. He's got too many. Then I'm like, how about they do a, a real whammo and put Nick Spencer back on? Everybody would love that, right? Ah, here it is. Those waiting for the grand finale of Tennessee Coates' as Captain America run will have to wait a little while longer. Marvel Comics has informed retailers that Captain America number 30 has been delayed with a new on sale date of July 7th. Captain America number 30 was originally planned to go on sale June 16th. So this isn't much of a delay, but a delay is a delay, as they say. And look at me, I'm rhyming. And be the proverbial other shoe dropping as Coates' other Marvel series, Black Panther, ended just a few weeks prior. And I think that that ended up, you know, I guess it was going on for, what, 20 years or so? And there was three. That's a little exaggeration. But no, all when you think about the books that we're talking about, all the books that started up at Fresh Start, Fresh Start, and you only get to 30 issues of Captain America and 25 of Black Panther. Yeah, there's some problems. Uh, but Captain America number 30 is the final issue of Coates' run and also the current fine, uh, finale of the arc, All Die Young. Uh, 2021 is the 80th anniversary of Captain America, so presumably Marvel will be quick to announce the next Captain America creative team. Marvel will announce the next Black Panther writer just a few days before Coates' final issue on that title. As I said, it's John Ridley. Captain America number 30 is due out July 7th, with the final arc collected August 31st as Captain America by Tennessee Coates Volume 5 
all Dai Young Part 2. Only the good Dai Young, but all Dai Young as well in all of this. And if you are reading and, and have continued reading this run, I'd like to know. I, like I said, I have not been told either way. Nobody's even said, oh, it, it stinks now or it's great. I, I just people stop talking about it, at least the people that I end up hearing and talking to. So I'd like to hear from somebody who has read all of them and find out if it's good because 25, 30 issues for Captain America, 25 for Black Panther. That's not anything that's like crazy undoable where I could just sit down with the unlimited app and go through those and catch up. And and I would love to hear that it was great and it was worthwhile. And I'd like to hear from anybody, you know, either way. But the next one is Death of Doctor Strange will have Marvel seeking a new Sorcerer Supreme in September. So we'll have a new Sorcerer Supreme. Will we? They're really struggling with making any of the Doctor Strange books hit and sell. We had the Surgeon Supreme. We ended up having that start, Mark Wade doing that, but also the start at Fresh Start. Fresh Start. That that just kind of got convoluted and ended up, you know, with Doctor Strange without magic and space until he has magic and is all that stuff. But we'll see what this is all about, maybe giving us a little bit of a reset. The Marvel Universe may be taking applications for a new Sorcerer Supreme this September. I wonder if a psychology degree from WVU would be something that I could put on that resume for that application. Do you think that that would get me in there? I don't think so. As writer Jed McKay and artist Lee Garbett launched Death of Doctor Strange, a five-issue limited series that will do exactly as the title implies and kill off Stephen Strange. In fact, Strange will be murdered, with the culprit being a central mystery to the book. Is that I think that it is, I'm going to guess, Colonel Mustard in the library with the candlestick is what I think would take him down. What happens to the world if Doctor Strange isn't in it? It's a question that I'm excited to show people an answer to in Death of Doctor Strange. Jeb McKay states in Marvel's announcement, Strange has been a Marvel fixture for the from the early days, he says, from back in the day. He's not going to put like a, a time frame on that because, you know, then he'd have to look it up. But now this time has run out and as a Strange fan, I'm a fan of the strange as well. It's back to college talk. It's been my bittersweet privilege to shepherd him through his last day and the effects that snowball out of it. Snowball, we've cooked up a whale of a story. I want to think that that is a hint, right? Not, not a lot of people walk around and say, boy, that was a whale of a lunch we had nowadays. Oh my. I mean, unless you're like a, a you know, a sea captain, maybe a pirate. So I don't know. Maybe Jeb McKay's one of the two. Maybe he's both. He's a pirate captain. Send Strange off with, and I can't wait for people to join us on it. Oh, my. Doctor Strange has long been at the top of my most coveted character list. To finally get the chance to draw him in such a momentous series is, well, magic. Oh, man. <laughs> State series artist Lee Garbett. I couldn't be more excited for the project and for any everyone to see what we've got in store for Steven and those closest to him. Jed's conjured the perfect finale. He conjured it. We're playing these games here for Doctor Strange, and it's a real third eye opener. Oh, my God. Lee, Gar- Lee Garbett right now, we didn't realize that he was actually applying to work the open mic night at the Laughing Brew every Thursday night. Nobody even realized this. See you in September, he says. What, what is that when you're, you're doing your, your jokes? Is it? I'm telling you, I'd love to have the release. First off, I, I do think it's funny that, you know, Lee Garbert, he's going to channel his, his inner stand up comedian when people just want to know what the hell you're doing. But 
I love that that announcement. It's like, hey, death of Doctor Strange, and I'm like, hey, yeah, I'm writing it, but what the heck? And they asked me, and I said yes. Like, ah, hey, what's this about this Doctor Strange book? Are you excited about it? Not really, because I'm lazy and I'm gonna have to actually do more work. But hey, it's a living. That's what I want. That'd be that be would that be refreshing? It's a living. That's all I'd say. I, I'm like the you know dinosaur that squirts out on the dishes in the Flintstones. It's a living. It is. But yeah, that is the that is the news. <laughs> Thank you, uh, Lee Garbett, for making me have a smile on my face. I just hope that I don't laugh at your art when it comes down. Oh my God, that'd be terrible. But I like Lee Garbett's art, and I like some of his jokes, only some. Not everyone hit, but, you know, you can't be 100%. That, that's the tricky game of stand-up comedy, I hear. But, yeah, we're going to go off now. That is the news with that. We're going to go off and do uh, some of these there comic reviews. We're going to start off with me and Clay talking about Amazing Spider-Man, as we do. Me and Brandon, and actually he makes it. He's actually going to. You know, make an appearance this week. He's, he's, he did it. Uh, we're going to be talking that with the Spider Shadow, the Chip Zdarsky What If book. And then at the end, I will finish up with what will be the whole Heroes Reborn number All right, and I'm here with my man, Clay. What's up, Clay? I am doing pretty well. How are you doing, sir? All right. Oh, lovely. It's, it's hot here, and I don't feel great. But besides that, I'm feeling lovely. Here we are, though, with, with the amazing Spider-Man. Me and you are going to be talking one book. This week here, and it is this one. It's the Chameleon Conspiracy Part Two, and we will welcome Ed Brisson on the art or the writing team because it's Nick Spencer and Ed Brisson, and they ended up. Marvel announced that Ed's going to be on this book co-writing for the time being. They said that from you know at some point you even mentioned before you know it must be you know keep things on schedule and maybe help out Nick Spencer. He hasn't really had a lot of delays. And they have a lot of issues, but maybe he's, you know, needs a little help or whatnot. I'm wondering how they're going to play this out, if it's going to be like eventually when we get to some other things where we have these side issues that we had, like the Matthew Rosenberg deal when we had the last remains. But for now, it just looks like he's, you know, just on board. It's kind of odd. But Marcelo Ferreira, Carlos Gomez and Z. Carlos on pencils. Wayne Foucher, Carlos Gomez and Z. Carlos on inks. Maury Hollowell and Andrew Crossley with Eric Garcianega on colors and VCs, Joe Caramagna on letters. So there's three artists on this. I didn't really feel any change. Like there was nothing that threw me out. Obviously, there's that backup. So you end up having that with Doc Ock. That, that's just a whole different thing, but it must be in the main issue. You have two artists. I didn't really notice that much of a change uh, going through it. So I'll commend them on that. In an issue that I'm going to go through this recap deal, but a lot of recap in this issue and a lot of editor's notes again. That that seems to be the big thing for this run, especially lately when we get in this commune conspiracy is everything you turn a corner, it's an editor's note. And uh, the one thing you mentioned to me before we started recording, editor's notes from, from way, way back. I mean, you, you're calling out things in, you know, the 300s and things of Amazing Spider-Man, which, you know, it gets people up to speed. I, I actually didn't mind. The idea of having it, you have a big spread page to give you Ned Leeds stuff, which helps me out. And uh, so I didn't mind that. It's just this issue, there's a lot of questions being asked, but not many answers being told by that. And so you're you're setting up this thing. Uh, but this issue has this. Peter Parker's old friend Betty Brand has returned to NYC, surprising Peter with the news that she is pregnant and that the father's Ned Leeds. Peter thought Ned was dead. 
but it turns out Ned is not dead. He's alive and well. Meanwhile, Peter's classmate, Jamie, enlisted Peter to help create the Clairvoyant, a machine that can view possible futures. While Peter was dealing with other things, Jamie was using the Clairvoyant to help his ailing mother, but instead racked up debts with Super Casino boss Chance. Chance and his partner, the foreigner, have come to collect the Clairvoyant. However, Jamie was run out of juice to power the device, and the only thing that might be able to power it is the heavily guarded machine known as the Catalyst. Lastly, Peter's super spy sister, Teresa Parker, broke into a Simkarian prison, seeking revenge on the chameleon who killed her boyfriend, fellow spy David. But before she could finish the job, the chameleon tempted her with the information about her parents and introduced her to the man who killed them, the finisher. A lot in there. (laughs) A lot going on here uh, leading into this endless issue. But we start with the Teresa Parker stuff. Did you? Is that a, a hologram? That she's shooting, I guess it I is, guess right? It is. I was super confused by this. I thought they were, I, I thought they were in a prison, and all of a sudden they were in like a luxury suite. And I am so confused by this. It, it had to have been. And now I think that the play here didn't go well because you have a pretty drab, you know, wall behind the finisher, and and also the idea where, like, you see little dots on this, you know. Uniform prison uniform that he's supposedly wearing here, but that just looks like he's got a dirty like it didn't play off. They should have had something behind him that you could actually see, like you know, a painting or a window or so. Because I think it's a hologram and the bullets are ricocheting off the wall, uh, but it was weird, right? Because then it looks like the hologram walks out of the room into the next room where the finisher is there in his suit mixing drinks. Yeah. Here at, you know, the the bar with with no name, but also the bar in the middle of a prison that was just a set. Like, what's the setup here? Because the whole idea is, is Teresa, I think the setup is actually to just remind us, hey, Teresa, Peter's sister, the whole idea of the parents being thrown into a, you know, controversy deal as they ended up getting killed. Like, oh, they were double spies. They were double flipper agents for Red Skull. Like, you get that info, but I'm like, what, what's going on with this game here? Like, what is the game? I guess maybe have her shoot the hologram so then we could just lead her in and meet the real finisher who's mixing drinks and then she'll be fine. In my mind, she, she just let loose here again, but, you know, I guess it's a three-bullet gun uh, because it, it confused me. I'm like, well, why are they playing these games with her? But you don't have much. All this is, and then again, <laughs> look at his feet when he's there. He, it's I like think glowing he's a, blue. <laughs> he's a hologram again. I don't know. Again, maybe this is something that we don't know about the finisher herself. But it was a goofy deal. But it got the information out, and I think that this this issue, like I said, recap. Uh, you know, a little setup. It's pretty much you could say it's an information dump. It, it really is. But I don't mind it as much because some of the things. You know about Ned, and it's quick enough. I just, you know, I don't know that much of the particulars, so I'm glad that I see this. But when Ned ends up telling his story, because Peter's there, you know, he's there with uh, Betty, who's obviously pregnant, as we said, and talking to Ned, oh, I thought you died. Well, let me tell you what happened. And he goes through, you know, maybe a convoluted little story about the, you know, I was the hobgoblin, or I believed I was, because it, it ended up, you know, being... The thing with Roderick Kingsley kind of mind wiping me and making me think this. Uh, and then I fought Flash. And then I went with you and the Spider-Man Wolverine over to Germany. Then I guzzled some of that goblin serum. Like it goes, but you get to the point where 
we want to know what happened then. And he's like, yeah, and then some other things happened, but eh, that's a secret. I can't really tell you what all that's about. And maybe if it was one of those, do you think that it would have been better if he's like, you know, given Peter like the wink wink, like I don't want to tell you this in front of Betty, maybe? You know what I mean? I'm, because I'm not entirely it, sure weird. just because of the history that I have with with these characters. I'm not entirely sure if Ned necessarily knows Parker's secret. Well, that's what I was thinking. But you can assume yeah. that he does. And again, I, I am curious. I'm genuinely curious how older fans of Spider-Man take these stories. Because we all know that Brandon is sworn off of Nick no. Spencer. Yeah, he's done. He's done. But I would, I wouldn't mind if he just read these three pages of this, and I could consider this a hey, this is a nice callback. You know, older fans could be like, oh yeah, I remember that. He's adding to that story, cool. But I can also see how people can be a little bit annoyed by the hey, this is recap of stuff that is a long time ago, but we're just adding to it. I can see it both ways, but I'm interested in how people are taking it right now. You know, well, because what I can it do. is so far into an already established story that Nick Spencer has. That's that's the thing that I want to know. Yeah, and and you seemingly are changing some things up and throwing. So I could ask the person that I know is a huge Hobgoblin fan, which is kind of crazy in my mind. But Eric is a huge Hobgoblin fan, and people, if you listen to our DC Comics podcast, I think people forget that we have talked about it before. Eric, for most of his life, was a Marvel, Marvel guy. comics yeah. guy. He grew up a Marvel kid, and he loved he loves Hobgoblin. So I could just say, like, "Hey, get this! I want to see." I he always pish poshes anything like this. The <laughs> idea, because what happens is Ned ended up guzzling Goblin Serum that he went to a you know European Norman Osborn estate holdings, found the serum, and guzzled tons. And then sat and waited, 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 nothing happened. And that's where he ends up where the foreigner's men come in, ends up getting killed. And with the serum, though, and he says, just like it happened at points to Norman, the goblin serum kicked in and, and resurrected me. And then he gets up and he's like, and then there was somebody there for me. But I can't tell you who. Now, in the things that we're going with now, would it have been, you know, kindred? But that that doesn't seem to time upright. Would it be... You know, the idea that I don't know. Again, this is something where people who are in the know more may have their their theories. I don't really have any theories. Like I said, this is way back. So it it really couldn't be kindred. But who would it have been and what happened and all that? And that's the big secret. I can't tell you who that is. I can't tell you what I did. But here we are. And, yeah, I'll ask Eric. I'll ask and ask him what he thinks of just that because really i said to you you get this but and it's nice and it's cool like oh my god an amazing spider-man 275 he punched out flash right like i'm like all right that's okay but the big thing here is i got the goblin serum while you were off with the wolverine and i you know i ended up getting this and guzzling it and then you know i got killed so we'll see what's going on with that well then we get caught up with the idea of how betty and ned got back together here and this, you could have guessed. I mean, she even said, hey, I was working on this, you know, story. It ends up being stuff with the foreigner. Like, all these things tie into everything else. The foreigner, all this money, foreign transactions, all these things going. And it was leaked by, you know, Ned. And so you end up having, and the weird thing is, it's like, okay, and then I took it to Robbie, and oh, man, the bugle's back. The timing seems weird, like, 
I get the I, I'm gonna get the idea where unfortunately like Betty might be a clone or or one of these chameleons because I'm waiting for him to say, Well, when did you get pregnant? Well, that was like three weeks ago, and like you're showing a little too much. Like <laughs> things aren't like the timing seems a little like just the idea that Jay Jonah isn't involved. And this just, oh, and then I got these leads, so I took it to Robbie. And then we were, the, the bugle's back. We got to confirm the sources. So then I type it in, and then I meet Ned. Next thing, it looks like legitimately eight months pregnant. My wife has had five kids, you know. I have five sons. I could kind of guess the idea of the stages of the deal. She is showing way too much when I think that the, it's just weird. The timing seemed a little off there. Um, but with that, they're talking, and I'm going to give it to you after we go from this scene, where, oh, man, you know, where'd you get this info and what's going on? We need your science brain because we're working on something that came up with the foreigner, this machine called the clairvoyant. And I'll give Nick Spencer credit. Like, everything is tying into each other here. You know, you end up having the chameleon over there, you know, with even the the finisher stuff but that kind of goes but all this clairvoyant finisher chance like all this with jamie in the center of this at least it's kind of like it's not as scattered though it might be forced to it maybe like you said long time readers might feel this is a little forced to get this connection and just as an aside we're recording this on on wednesday and there are a bunch of reviews out they're not liking this so much but we've actually been more positive on this run in the past bunch of issues than most of the reviewers out there a lot of the people aren't really enjoying uh this whole deal uh but we have i mean we haven't really hated an issue in a while we we like them enough but again this one has a lot of forced things but i don't mind it being connected so i'm like oh man i want to see what's going on with this and hey this so we end up, and I'm going to give it off to you, like I said, you end up with Spider-Man going off to find Jamie. Yeah, and, you know, he he then, like, you see Jamie, he's, of course, needing to get access to the power source. And with that, he needs to talk to Dr. Connors. I can't remember the last time we saw Connors. We saw him when he had that deal, and I think it was with the hunted. In my mind, we might have seen him a little after that whole deal with Craven, but the idea that his son yes, that uh, was, needed help and that, was getting hunted. That, and that is the last that was time really I good. read it. Yeah, I really liked it. I don't think that he's been much since then. I really liked that story, actually. And, and even with that, I think Brandon was still doing it with me, and he liked it enough, too, because he likes Kurt. But, uh, yeah, I think that that was around the last time, and the idea that he is still – you know, working on, you know, a cure or whatnot, but is in the guise of, you know, the whole deal going on. Uh, but you go from there. And one other thing before you do, though, did it does it throw you up? Do you wish that they at least gave Jamie like a, a different hair color or something? I, I, it ends up where every time he first pops up, I think it's Peter. <laughs> like he looks, he so looks much like very Peter similar. I know that like there is a like on some panels, he has a little bit more of like a five o'clock shadow. Yeah, yeah, but- yeah. I mean, at first glance, he is definitely a Peter type. Yeah. So yeah. it's I, I, it's a very big like mix up. If like not yeah. big mix up, but I can no. it makes sense to mix them up for sure. Yeah. But yeah. so you go it on. It did but surprise yeah, me that Kurt. Connors was still working on this possible cure, and even Jamie mm-hmm. is like, "Oh, you're still working on that? I had no idea you would even attempt that." You know, after everything that happened, but he quickly takes the uh, the key card. From Connor's 
Jack, he's like, oh, I uh, need to go to the bathroom, you know? I, yeah. And he, he remembered. <laughs> when do you remember you have to go to the bathroom? You have remember you, you have to go to the bathroom have you when never you crap for, your pants. Have you never, like, forgotten that you were holding <laughs> no. in pee? Like, honestly. No. no? I do it all the <laughs> no. time. Oh, my God. If I'm holding it in, that's all I can think of. I'm telling you, when I go, oh, my God, I forgot I had to go to the bathroom. I'm changing my undies because I've now crapped or peed in my pants. I, that's that's when I go, oh, my God, I so forgot. He's like, OK, I, I, I just remember I need to go to the bathroom. Uh, he gets the call on the radio like, hey, we have some backup for you. And it's slide. Yeah, I am slide. not familiar with slide. Whatsoever. I'm not either. Uh, he looks cool. He looks like a, like the, I can't remember the character's name. He's opposite of Snake Eyes and G.I. Joe. That's basically who this mm-hmm. guy is. And they, I just realized also when they referenced, uh, Amazing Spider-Man 847, uh, when the Lethal Legion was fighting Spider-Man, that was mm-hmm. right before me and you started yeah, jumping yeah. onto this. So I barely yep. missed this. So yeah, I yeah. actually went back and read a little bit of it. And so I, I understand a little bit more of this whole power source thing and the, mm-hmm. uh, oh shoot, what is it called? The clair- catalyst uh, the, and clairvoyant stuff. So yeah, I, yeah, I was yeah. able to catch up a little bit on it. I'm still reading it, uh, currently, but they need a distraction. So Jamie is like just pulling stuff out of his butt and is like, Oh, this, this whole yeah. thing is like, it's going to blow the, the, the temperature's too high. You're it's too high. You're, you're changing the temperature here. The guards are just like, what in the world is going on? This is when you have slide going through the air ducts and using pin particles to shrink the device in order to take it. And right at that moment, Peter, as Spider-Man, barges into Kurt Connors uh, uh, lab. Lab He's like, hey, we're we're looking for Jamie. And he comes crashing in. And it looks like there's going to be a giant fight in the next issue. Uh, yeah. with Slide and Parker and everybody else. So Yeah, the whole deal. It, it looks cool. It looks really cool by the I end. I really enjoyed uh, the art in this issue. Yeah, I thought it was really good. That's what I said. And I, I do see, it's weird, when I'm going through this, I do see a little teeny art change, but I'm telling you, then I go back a page, I'm like, maybe it wasn't, because it does, it goes There's well. There's three art changes, from what I can yeah. see. There's the beginning with the um, with oh shoot what is her name peter's sister that's oh with teresa yeah, yeah teresa then there's another when we see ned and then yeah i do see you know what i didn't even notice the trip but it is the teresa thing you can see the most yeah. like you said yeah and yeah. then there's and then another when it, change when it is jamie's story so i think there's yeah, three yeah. artists on this thing yeah 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 so but it it goes seamlessly together it is all set up though i mean it really is and i think that a lot of people I see this. We said this last week. I'm going to keep saying it now as we, you know, will seemingly maybe be getting to the last. I mean, maybe it'll be the last 30 some issues of it. You know, are we going to go to 100? But even if we do, where a lot of people are, you know, giving Nick Spencer the, the thumbs down because he's tying in so many things from his run. But what is he supposed to do? You, you, you know, yeah, I'm I'm upset that there's so many loose threads, but. Unlike the Avengers book, we keep bringing this up as well. He does get back to him in his own book and then goes, it takes some time to do it and whatnot. But we do get back because even this, I saw people like, really, we're going with Catalyst and this clairvoyant isn't interesting or whatnot. 
it's not yet in the story because you're still setting it up. You're still trying to get the deal, but it does tie everything into the foreigner and, and stuff along those lines, especially, I mean, just think of this. Jamie's there. He is being pretty much, you know, told you have to do whatever we want by chance and the foreigner while you have Ned Leeds who's back that the foreigner killed and Peter's stuck in the middle. I mean, there's some cool things being set up. And by the end of this issue, I love that cliffhanger too. I think it looks really cool. And I'm, I'm excited to see what then the next issues cover looks really cool as well. Uh, so I kind of, I kind of like this one uh, more than I think a lot of people we do have a backup, too, and the Doc Ock backups and the whole, you know, sinister deal coming up, the sinister war coming. Uh, this one, actually, I liked because you just get it really quick. And now, OK, he's making his team. He's getting the six for his deal. He's on this island and he gets Sandman. I'm like, that looks cool as hell. So I can't wait to see what's going on with the sinister war and stuff like that. So overall. This issue does have, you know, it's down points, but they're all the same. And I think that by now, a guy like a Brandon has bailed because of this sort of thing. Mm-hmm. He doesn't finish stories quickly. He leaves things. But we're actually seeing a lot of things being tied back in and, and some older things, too, that gets me interested in even going back to check out. So, I, and like you said, I like the art. So with that, what do you give it? Well, I am going to be giving it an eight, a solid eight. Uh, the reason being, although I do want to, of course, know the story of Kindred, this story has, like, it, I wasn't even thinking about Kindred whatsoever within the story. Uh, you quickly mentioned it at the possibility yeah, of Yeah, and it, I said that the being, timing doesn't work out. Of That's... it being Ned, uh, with uh, Kindred, like, raising Ned up. I mean, if that's how they want to tie everything together... I would like to see how exactly that happened, but it didn't cross my mind whatsoever. So Nick Spencer is actually able to like get my attention with a lot of these stories. And I appreciate that. And I am enjoying it. Uh, even with the, uh, like you said, the sinister war tease, the one thing that I like about this is it's usually only two pages. It's super quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's all inner yeah. dialogue. So it goes by super quick. They're not really pushing it hard on people. So even if you were to miss it, if you were just to read the actual issue and then skip the backup, when you jump into the Sinister War, the I can only assume that the only thing you're going to be missing is how they got together. Yeah, that's it. And so we have missed it. We didn't even know there was a backup the first time. But when I got to this, I'm like, and it made me giggle. When you have, you know, Doc Ock, he's jumping away. They're, whoa, whoa, whoa. Wooing away uh, on the beach where Sam Hans following him. I'm like, all right, he's got a buddy here. Now we can go. Let's see what's going on. And I'm wondering the idea of when you do see this and you see Doc uh, getting a team together, like how is the rest of this, you know, Sinister Six that he's going? And even like, hey, we have four more to go, right? And you do have the nice job auto. Like this is the, you know, omnipotent type narration. It's not Doc Ox. It's somebody explaining to you what's going on. And so when you go, like, where is, I I understand how he's there and he's getting Sandman, but he seems to be on that island. Like, who else is he going to get here? Are people already there from you? Like, uh, it's kind of cool. And I liked it enough where I'm like, all right, Sandman and Doc Ock. That's, that's cool. And I, I'll tell you this, and I, I would put you on the spot here. Like, do you like Nick Spencer as a writer? Because I do. I, I Brandon doesn't want to hear it from me, 
But I actually do enjoy this book and I enjoy his writing. I didn't read, you know, the Secret Empire stuff and I, I didn't do a lot of that. So I'm coming in, you know, with no bias whatsoever. And at one point it did drive me nuts early on. But I'm starting to think that it was the Brandon brainwashing because every time we talked about it, he bitched and moaned about it. And maybe it did get me down because once the shutdown hit, that's where I said, well, screw this. uh, A Marvel podcast has to talk about Spider-Man. So I ended up catching up and I had a good time. When I caught up and told Brandon, I think that you jumped off it at the worst time. It actually got better. He won't, again, he won't listen, but I've enjoyed it. And, and I, I'm going with an eight as well. And I know like, you know, this day and age or whatever, people would even consider an eight a negative score. I do not. An eight to me is a very good score. When you start to get negative, it's going to be six, six, five. Like that's when you, it's the very tip of being negative. I think every, I'm telling everything you, a else seven is, seven is, is still, still positive. Yeah. Yeah. A seven to me, and I've said this all along, a seven to me is kind of the score of if you're reading it, you you don't you still read it, whatever, but I wouldn't recommend it to like a new reader or whatnot. But once you get to seven, five, eight and above, I mean nine to ten range, that's a special area there. And the, the, I wouldn't give this issue that. But I'm really enjoying it. I do not get upset. When I have to read it, there are some books that you end up when you're reviewing stuff. You're on a ton of podcasts. You know how it is when you're just dreading the idea. The best podcasts are. And this is set up to be kind of like the way of, okay, if you don't like anything, we could just skip it. Uh, The DC podcast for the longest time, that was not allowed. We had to talk about every book, whether we hated it for years and it gets you down. This does not get me down. I'm actually enjoying it. And I'm I'm enjoying even seeing some tie-ins and whether or not they're forced or older readers would like them, like you asked. I, I don't mind getting the little tidbits of information and going with it because I think it's cool to be reading something with Ned Leeds back, the whole deal with the front. Like, it's cool stuff. So I'm going to go eight as well. Um, but before we go, let us hear all those podcasts that you're on. Well, before I do that, I just want to let people know, if you are not completely caught up on this amazing Spider-Man run, Comixology, because I'm a huge digital reader, is having a sale on this in particular run where every volume, not every issue, every volume is only $2.99. That's so, crazy. Yeah. They're going the manga way. Yeah. So volumes, you, you, right? can, you can get the entire run for maybe a little more than $45. And that is huge considering if you buy one volume at regular price, it's already almost $25. Yeah, that is awesome. So I'm a digital only fan reader. So, you know, that's cool for me. Exactly. So my other shows, of course, you can always find me on Twitter at fanboy clay. In the description, there is a link tree to all of my shows, uh, including DC Alliance, Batman News Weekly, I just got in touch with Mark last week. We are going to be coming back pretty soon uh, for the Comic Book Legion podcast. Uh, of course, I am here as well as the uh, DC Weird Science podcast where I do the digital first. Uh, or, yeah, digital first and digital only. We're taking back the digital first from DC. I know they took them a lot of uh, took a lot of them away, but... I'm going to pretend some of them are digital. Just <laughs> they were supposed to be. I mean, they were. Uh, now, with that, just as an aside, are you planning on doing the Joker's Puzzle Box this week? We I haven't had talked about it no at all. clue that it was already coming out. I, I just know. got a text from uh, my Batman News Weekly uh, co-host, and he's like, hey, did we get this review copy? 
And I looked at it, and I didn't even know it was coming out today. So I have to go look for it. Uh, the funniest is, I think that Matthew Rosenberg wrote it, right? Yes. I think that he, yeah. He didn't know either. I saw somebody actually, because I, I thought it was funny. I retweeted it. Uh, the one person said to him, like, hey, I thought this, and it is available on the DC Infinite app as well, first day on the app, but it wasn't there right away. <laughs> this guy's like, hey, Matthew, uh, what's going on? It's not on the app. And he's like, I don't think it comes out today. <laughs> and he got back like two seconds. Oh, yeah, it did. I, I didn't know. That's he had awesome. no idea. So it just kind of like dropped. It's very odd. But I just wanted to give a shout out because that that seems like, you know, a digital book that, OK, now we're we're getting back to the important stuff. You know what I mean? Like it, it seemed pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, but what else? I, and then, I of interrupted course, uh, the Ranger Alliance podcast where I talk about uh, every season of Power Rangers one at a time. We are currently. Uh, nearing the end of the very first season of Mighty Morphin, and we also talk about the current comic books as well. That's awesome. So, yeah, go check out Clay on all of those podcasts, and I'm going to be back possibly with Brandon. We'll see. I'll yell at Brandon if he does uh, get in there. I'll yell at him for stopping the Nick Spencer deal, and you'll just hear him huffing and puffing. He he doesn't even have an answer anymore. He just ends up saying I'm done. So we'll see about that, but thanks clay for joining me and we'll go off to some more books all right and i am here with my man brandon and we're going to be talking about the chips of darsky spider-man spider shadow which we've enjoyed right yeah i've liked it so far yeah now this issue it seems to take a little step back it it seems there's going to be some sort of you know issue where there's going to be you know, kind of a padded deal, a little bit of a setup, maybe even fill it. This felt, it felt big at first, but then it didn't really turn out because pretty much you end up having this, you know, a altered Sinister Six going to take down Peter with the symbiote suit, but then it just ends up not even being that great a fight. I mean, one of the things is, you know, it's very uneventful and it ends super quick. Yeah, and was it a great idea to end up, hey, everybody, put your goggles on, and we're going to go into the VR world of, you know, trying to scare yeah, Spider-Man. But that was And that, was that didn't even matter. It didn't affect Did him Spider-Man, any bit. They put those goggles on Spider-Man? I don't see how that would work on Spider-Man otherwise. Yeah. They seem to, like, it's like some mind thing that they were doing. Mysterio was making this thing. But why yeah, make it, Mysterio why works. make it look like you were in, like, just, like, a VR, I don't even know. Like, yeah. well, how would you explain this? I don't know, because the art, I, I, I like the art at first. I feel like the art, the more I read the series, I don't know, it's losing me a little bit. Like, the, it doesn't match the serious tone this book is going for. It, it's kind of got, like, a yeah. Saturday morning cartoon feel. To it and, yeah, and yeah. it kind of sends the mood of the book kind of uh it confuses yeah, me a it little bit i guess i would it. say it kind of yeah, yeah it, it's odd but it is spider-man spider shadow number three part three of five during an adventure on an alien world spider-man gained a new black costume that responded to his every thought when he learned it was actually a symbiotic life form peter got rid of it symbiote then found a new host eddie brock creating a dark monstrous new foe venom but what if spider-man had kept the suit it's funny because we, we've had a bunch of stories like this. This is probably the darkest, and, and it's expanded. So you get to go into it. But, again, it's five issues. Maybe it needed to be four. I don't know. Under the suit's influence, Spider-Man has begun killing his enemies like the Kingpin and assaulting anyone who stands his way like J. Jonah Jameson. In response, Dr. Octopus was summoned to the, or summoned the Sinister Six and a conflicted Jonas to take out Spider-Man. But before Doc Ock can enact his plan, 
he was stabbed to death by none other than Eddie Brock. And and Brock shows up. Eddie shows up here to take Doc Ock's place. I said to you, I think it's just basically so they can have Ock Brock or Brock Ock. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like that's the clever deal of this. But oh no. He shows up. I mean, even just the beginning. Craven doesn't make a whole lot of sense, right? No, no. And, and there, yeah, you, you have Craven, Mysterio, Electro, and Rhino. And then Eddie Brock comes in with J. Jonah, and he's like, oh, aren't you guys going to do anything about this? And they're like, yeah, we don't care. I mean, you know, that Doc I, I Ock was a jerk anyway. Because to me, Doc Ock is the brains of this operation. You know, well, they you, said you Craven was going to set guy. it up. You don't want the tough guy taking over the brain part of the operation. I just think the problem is, is that they said Craven was going to set all this up, but then you have a guy who wasn't part of the setup or the play. Like he's just there, it but it doesn't right matter for him anyway. Eventually, anyway, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't <laughs> matter. It really doesn't matter. And you know, even R- Rhino's well, like, well. I kind of hate six anyway. One of them, yeah. one of them bites the dust. Yeah, yeah. So you end up with all this going on while you see Peter heading towards them, and and they even said at the point where I thought he was stuck uh, in a lake in this fourth panel. When yeah, I, I actually thought I actually thought it was <laughs> Steve because yeah, I know he's just there. It's it's odd, but you end up where. You know, Reed's still looking into things. He's talking to Captain America. You get that real quick to then jump to a weird deal because you end up having Reed seemingly going through some experimentations with the symbiotes and things like that. But, you know, I guess he had Peter under, you know, remember when Peter fell asleep or whatever you had him in that scanner. So he must have had some things because at one point he said, I want to take the symbiote. And Peter, that's when Peter flipped out and left. Yeah. Uh, but Did he get? Uh, well, we'll get he to must that have got, at the end. But he must have. He must have taken some of that that's when he was being the, scanned. Like samples? Yeah. Yeah, he must have. I mean, that's what must be. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he's pretty much growing a Speaking bunch of, of symbiotes. Suits, does uh, Jonah's suit and all the baby arms on it not creep you the hell out? Or is that just yeah, bad I, I, I'm, I'm telling you, I think it might be both. <laughs> I just, I don't know. That's Jay Jonah shows up and he's like, here's what I'm going to wear for this, right? He's, it's so odd. There's just baby arms coming off like the top of his head and a sensor. I'm like, what's going on? The weird thing about this is they, they draw, you know, Spider-Man there and then they seem shocked that he's arrived because they even say, we're going to, we're going to get him in. Well, he's brought the dead body of Beetle and actually hangs it up. On, you know, a webbing to kind of say, hey, I'm here. I'm going to take you guys down. And you're expecting a big battle, but you, you get pretty much a lame battle that did really n- nothing. And with all of that, you end up having them activate this like of the mind landscape that's kind of like Tronish that's supposed to scare. And it, it says, now put on your reality you know your goggles we're gonna hit the image inducers to set up terrorize spider-man so it hits this is mysterio doing this but why why is it gonna terrorize spider-man that you're in a colorful wacky landscape almost it it looks like a 1987 version of the internet like when you (laughs) have like the movie weird science when they go in like this seems like just what is terrorizing? Uh, what is frightening? Looks like they've entered virtual fighter. Yeah, that's all it is. It's an old 3D game. It's, it's basically, you know, when they tried to get the PlayStation 1 to do good 3D, it didn't happen. Yeah, and that's yeah. it. What is that? How it's going to terrorize Spider Man? 
and does it because he just rips through them. Because while this is happening, it's going on in the real world. Spider-Man never, Peter never reacts to any of it. Like, oh my God, what's going on? Ups, down, sideways, you know, nothing. And he ends up just ripping through it. It ends up almost playing off like Predator. Like he's just going, jumping yeah. up. He's in the ground. Oh my yeah, God. They didn't cover themselves up. in mud. No, then he just <laughs> he just destroys Mysterio. So then the image inducer's done. He rips that apart. Then Rhino comes at him. He just busts him over the head. Eddie Brock comes. He almost kicks right through him. And then you he have Craven's Rhino. Jay Jonah. Yeah, think, yeah. At one point, yeah. The house that they're at, this it starts catching on fire. So that's obviously going to be something that the symbiote's going to be affected by. Ends up throwing Craven down as Jay Jonah grabs him to kill him, right? Even gets a net over them from Craven. I think that the deal is Craven, you know, he's there. He watches what's happening, and then everybody goes off. And uh, Peter says to Jay Jonah, it's me. It's Peter. Please save me. Now, Jay Jonah in all this even has the line here of like, Hey, listen, I knew that you weren't that bad now, and it was the suit, it wasn't you, but that doesn't explain all that other time that you were a threat and a menace. But the, the problem is, is that Jay Jonah pretty put, he puts everything on the line here by just taking Peter out when if anybody knows that he did this, he's in jail. Because, you know, the symbiote deal oh, and, yeah, murder. and Ingus, yeah, murder and like accessory to all these, even the villains here. I mean, Craven ends up getting knocked out. He's about to spear peter through he gets knocked out but he's kind of there and i think that he's gonna be the thing that's gonna play out because he saw that the symbiote probably reacted to the fire all that stuff but even with even if they don't you end up with peter and jay jonah driving back to new york city here and hey thank god we're done with that symbiote no 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 it's hanging on the back of the van you see like you'd be able to see this out the back window and so while that's going on you end up having black cat and mary jane Mary Jane looks off in this issue too, from what they're we saw before. Into a cat fight, right? Yeah, yeah, really. They're just there, like you know, <laughs> you don't know Peter Blaming and you know, each why, other. That's why he better. told me the identity beforehand, and you know, you and this and whatever. Um, but Jay Jonah brings him in, and they're like, "Oh my God, Peter, are you okay?" He's like, "I'm sorry, I should, you know, I shouldn't have killed all these people, whatever." And she's like, "I just hope that you're okay, whatnot." All of a sudden, as Black Cat says, "Yeah, I think the cops." It says. The cops just left here, and I'm sure they're watching the place. They're just surrounding the place at this point. Yeah, I know. And it I don't says know how that they got into the place with the yeah, amount of yeah. cops surrounding it. And the whole deal is when Fisk got killed by Peter, the symbiote suited Peter, he had a thing on the books. If he ends up getting killed, he's going. It, it reveals that Peter is Spider-Man and this new Venom deal. So that's out on the streets now. So they he can't hide. They They go to his house to get him, and they're there to get him. And, you know, there's Jay Jonah. Damn it. Now he's involved. Like I said, I, I don't know. It's nice because of his, re, re, you know, relationship with Peter. But Peter was never quite a full out murderer like this in the real deal. So the idea, even remember, he, I mean, it's not even played out. Where's where's Jay Jonah's break, broken hand? You know what I mean? Because Peter legitimately broke his hand, went and snapped it and said, if you keep printing garbage about me again, I'm going to come out and finish the job with the other one. But he seems fine here. Um, but you end up where at the end, there's the big reveal that Reed has been screwing around and grabbing symbiotes and things like that. He's got the thing 
he's there, you know, just <laughs> on the, the operating table deal, and he's getting affected by it. And Reed looks like he's a symbiote, and it gets to the end. I'm like, I don't know, this one feels off. It felt not as, uh, you know, polished, not as smart or clever as yeah. the others. This just felt it just like just felt like it was jumping to the through the checklist here. Yeah, and you had to fight the Sinister Six. Okay, we'll do that quickly in a land, you know, a mindscape nonsense, and we'll go through it real quick. You end up having that, you know, Brock Ock for really not much reason at all. We, we don't really see much of that anyway. Uh, you know, he just gets kicked violently uh, by it, and then seemingly, I, I thought maybe electrocuted because of also Electro there. But you know, all this is just I'm going to grab you one panel. These guys are all done. And that was that. And uh, yeah, yeah, so a big fight that really didn't play out well. And in general, I didn't think it was as clever or as well planned out. What's going on towards the end here? Is Thing being. uh, Is he being used as a way to suck these symbiotes out of him? Or like, I can't. Or is he being turned into one? It's so. I think he's being turned into one. Yeah, and yeah. I think that when Reed's like, we can save everyone with the symbiote word bubble, I think saving is, you know, making everybody a symbiote. I think symbiote, okay. Yeah, kind of going with that, and it's trying to do something with it. But, yeah. And you have all these different Reed's looking gone, alien symbiotes, and, you know, he needs to uh, get that new dental plan. Look at those teeth. <laughs> and, and, and even at points, like you said, the art was a little off. It, it, it's cartoony. Like you said, I don't mind it, but there were times where it even felt a little off. So overall, I'm a it's seven out of ten. Weird. I don't remember the Fantastic Four having their powers in this. Did? Yeah, they uh, they did. Th- this isn't. Did you're they? thinking. Am I mixing yeah, it up with No, you're thinking else? of Heroes Reborn. You're thinking oh, of when right. Reed and Thing went. Yeah. There is too many. I mean, <laughs> this week, me and you legitimately are talking three books. Two of them on the Patreon, but the, every one is almost a. What if Elseworlds still including yeah. that Gwen Stacy, you know, heroes return? But yeah, this force. was, okay. remember, he just went, the, it, where it diverged was when he went to Reed and Reed said, listen, you have this thing, it's a living thing, we're going to take it and study it. And then Spidey said, no, it's something that's alive, you can't do that, you're bad, and, and just ran out. Remember, and even in this, you get the mention, which is crazy because he's out and about, but Johnny's still out there, it seems. You know, and Johnny's going to show up, obviously. He, he flames on. He, he's going to be able to probably stop some of this going down and whatnot. But I think that that was why you just had like the, the beginning had just the weirdest check in with Reed. Hey, I'm looking into stuff, but uh, Johnny's out crisscrossing around. All right. Talk to you later, Captain America. And then at the end, Reed's a symbiote. You're like, really? Like what happened? But we'll we'll find out. Maybe we'll find out more. Uh now, I'm, I'm not as big on this. I love the two first issues. This one, though, I think yeah. it's down. I'm going 7 out of 10. Uh, but I'm hoping that it rebounds next issue and we get back to some things that, again, the idea of thinking in your head, the what if. We're getting to a point where, like, I hope that there's still some clever things. I mean, the what if with yeah. Eddie Brock. Well, I'm glad, oh, my God. I'm glad it didn't just jump to Eddie. That was kind of my fear of of this suit just kind of leaving Peter, going to Eddie. And then now we're just kind of back in the same situation. Where but, yeah, but I, I mean, the what if of Eddie doesn't become Venom and he becomes Brock Ock. I'm like, I, yeah, you know, that, that that's a stretch. Yeah. That that's you know a jump. But yeah, you know, you. they they tried to make it work, but then it's for nothing. I mean, you have the Sinister Six. You kind of wasted them here, yeah, just because, like you said, it's on the checklist. You got to do it. Um, yeah. But yeah, other than that, yeah, it's it's just seemed off. But uh, what would you give it? 
Yeah, I'm going to give this one a six. Um, and mostly also because of my art complaint. Like, I don't feel, I don't hate the art. I kind of enjoy it, but I, I feel like it would be better suited for a totally different Spider-Man story for this one. I think it's trying to get across a, a much more serious tone than, than what this art is capable of, of kind of providing here. And yeah, I don't think it does a bad job all the time, but, but it sometimes it's just, it's definitely not right for what we're seeing on the page. Um, yeah. And even but, like, know, it's, just, it's still okay. Like I'm, I'm interested in where this goes and how it ends. Yeah. And I, um, we love Chip Sadarsky. It's not that we, you yeah. know, we do, but I think that he's better than us. I think uh, this kind of happened with his, what was that, Spider-Man life story, too? Like, yeah, it, it kind of got stretched off really a little. strong, and then, it, like, towards the middle and, and end, like, things really were, were kind of hitting fast forward there, and we, we were going through a whole bunch of things that happened very fast, and that kind of seems like what's happening here. Maybe maybe we'll get a better ending, because it, it seems like maybe this issue was for all that, and then now we can focus and, and Yeah, now we up. can go on the deal, and now... but. Then again, now you have Reed as a symbiote that kind of takes the, you know, focus away. We'll see how it goes. See, the one thing that's the most interesting part to me of this issue, like everything else, was very much just what annoys me about Elseworlds is when they don't go far enough, and it's Brock Ock. It's it's just the same thing. It's just Eddie there instead of you know, yeah, Doc Ock. Um, I, I like that Reed has. It looks like Reed has the costume on, and, and he's infecting the other Fantastic Four here to, to kind of figure this all out. So, I don't know. That, that's that's the most intriguing part of this issue to me. The rest is kind of paint by numbers. All right. Well, we will now go off to, for, for me, to talk a little regular Heroes Reborn and possibly something else. So, we'll go with that. Thank you, Brandon. And yes. we'll be back in a sec. All right, we're going to finish this all up here with Heroes Reborn number six. It has two stories, as it usually does. The first one being a power princess, you know, not origin, but a little bit of what she is doing while all this nonsense of Heroes Reborn is happening. And then at the end, usually we get more of a, okay, let's see what Blade's doing. He's got Captain America. He's got Phoenix, all this. It ends up going with the idea of Thor continuing to remember some things and kind of being pissed off at Zarda for taking, pretty much stealing his thunder. I mean, really, it seems like it would be a joke to say that somebody has stole Thor's thunder, but really that's what it is. You end up having the first, the last utopian meets the last son of the gods. Written by Jason Aaron, art by Erica Dorso, colors by Jason Keith, and then Drunk History by Jason Aaron, with pencils by Ed McGinnis, inks by Mark Morales, and colors by Matthew Wilson, with DC's Corey Petit being the wraparound letter to all of this stuff. Here is a pretty quite long little intro recap type deal. Princess Zarda was the first of a race of ancient superwomen to ever leave the lost island of her birth. Many years ago, she came to the world of men. Lord by the promise of fruit she could never taste on Utopia Isle, the fruits of war. And even now, many wars later, the power princess still hungers day and night for the sweet taste of combat and bludgeoning battle beyond compare. Now, if this seems familiar, again, welcome to the party, because this hero's reborn using the Squadron Supreme in a world where the Avengers never existed. We'll hear that in a second. Uh, pretty much is, you know, the Justice League, the Justice League. And that's what the Squadron Supreme really is, an amalgam of the Justice League. Well, Jason Aaron is taking it one step further by pretty much saying, okay, well, Power Princess is 
just full out Wonder Woman, but I'm going to continue having the problem that I've had all along. First off, the overall story's you know, minuscule. Any, anybody have a magnifying glass that we could try to find this overall running story of basically, oh, no, the world's gone wrong. Uh, let's get a couple guys in the Avengers together for a little and then kind of leave them for some issues and do that. Like this overall story is nothing. If you're going to like this, you're going to like it because you want to see a little in-depth look at what, you know, Princess Zarda is all about, Power Princess. But again, Jason Aaron is giving you pretty much, hey, if Wonder Woman was here in the Marvel Universe, you'd be a real piece of crap. Uh, you know, she'll be over the top. She'll want to screw. She wants to drink. All these things going on with that. And yeah, you can get a little chuckles, whatnot. But I don't know about you. If I were to read Wonder Woman, I'm going to go read Wonder Woman. And and I'm not even just saying it has to be the current Wonder Woman, which is funny because at this point she is actually in Asgard leaving this week in the books. So it's almost like at the same time you're going back and forth with this. And you know who the winner is? Nobody. We all lose. And so I'll go back and read some of the classic Wonder Woman stories and stuff instead of this because, again, whether you think it's clever, whether it has little Easter eggs and call-outs, whatnot, it's just going to be wiped out. And I don't know that I'm going to need to say or want to say two years from now, oh, my God, get this, Princess Zarda, she's kind of Wonder Woman. I, I said that last year. I, this is what they are. And so getting... You know, this whole this whole event just perplexes me of whoever thought that this was going to be that good. I don't hear anybody talking about it anymore. I don't hear. And, and then I read the reviews and there's always, you know, two people are like, I don't know what's going on, but this seems a lot like the Wonder Woman. I'm like, really? <laughs> you just figured this out? What were you doing when you when you read it through Blur and Nighthawk? I mean, seriously. Here it is. In a world which the Avengers never existed, the Squadron Supreme of America are and have always been Earth's mightiest heroes. Phil Coulson, as President of the United States, oversees the Squadron while Mephisto is worshipped as a god. After a series of battles with their oldest foes, some of the Squadron members have started to question the true nature of their reality. Blade is the only remaining Avenger who remembers the world as it once was. He has been gathering a team of former Avengers, including Captain America, Phoenix, Black Panther. So you have three that he's gathered. He got Captain America pretty much at the end and the beginning of issue two, then, you know, we just, nothing happens. We get three pages or so, usually five pages of an actual ongoing story. All these other times, get this, uh, Gwen Stacy and this is Night Gwen, and that's Batgirl. Oh, my God, you, you, you don't say. You don't say, do you? And, and their former word, a child empowered by the cosmic storm. And we saw Starbrand, Head and Earth, I haven't seen since. Together, they have set out to restore reality but have also attracted the unwanted attention of the squadron member Nighthawk, which we barely saw that. Meanwhile, Thor, who has lived in the reality of his drunken mortal, recently regained his godly powers again. I think that was the end of issue two. Now we're at six. We finally get back to him. Now, with all of this, too, what I think I need and what I'm never going to get, I mean, we're almost done. We have one more week or so of this, is the idea, okay, hey, get this. The Squadron Supreme of the Justice League, and now they have taken over. There are no Avengers. Oh, my goodness. I can't believe it. Well, how's the world reacting to this? I don't know, because we don't see it. We see Coulson for a little teeny bit of being president. We barely see him. We see Mephisto as just being on the dollar bill, not really seeing much. So what is the the Squadron Supreme 
feared by the people around the world? Are they full out, like we saw in the bit of Jason Aaron's run, is this, you know, America first, you know, anybody who, like, what is Canada thinking right now? Because we legitimately had a story in the event where Canada was pissed off about the Squadron Supreme. What are they doing now? Who knows? What is Germany thinking? Eh, what, what is Britain? Eh, we don't know. You're only giving me these one-shot stories of, you know, these are, the, yeah, they're fighting villains. You have Power Princess. Princess Zarda here is fighting the All-God, who ended up taking down Asgard and things like that that we heard before in the other deal. Uh, but that's all fun and, and good. But at the end, where I'm talking about all this and what the world thinks and what's not and what's going on, is the world better off with the Squadron Supreme? Is the world better off with crazy Coulson as the president and Mephisto running? I don't know. I don't know. And that's where you want to play the story out as either the idea of, oh, my God, the Avengers better hurry up. The world's going down in ashes or the twist one, you know, a little M. Night Shyamalan that we actually see. Wait a second. The world might be better off with the Squadron Supreme, but that's just not right. You know, the idea of maybe it is you had a little bit of when Bane ends up, you know, going around that first issue, which still was my favorite of the main issues, because at least we got some things there where, you know, there's there's Blade. He's walking around. He doesn't know what's happening. He says, boy, there's no vampires. I can't smell a vampire in this whole world. Well, does that mean it's bad for Bane, Bane, Blade? But is it bad for the world? And that's that's what we're missing. We're missing that sense of everything, the the wide sense of how has the world been affected because, uh, and you can even go with the idea. I mean, you want to do some other twists? Have the idea of the Tony Stark. You know, we saw him a little, then he disappeared where he is the arms runner, he's a drunk in this, whatnot. Maybe he's so bad in this version because he needs the Avengers and and then we need him. You know, hey, I hate to see Tony in such a bad way and he's going to cause World War Three with his bombs, all this. That's why we have to get the Avengers back, right? Maybe you end up having, I, I don't know, you could go down the line. You, you could just say, but what is going on in this world? I don't know because we have one shots that are like, hey, get this, Wonder Woman. And then I'm like, hey, get this. Go to hell. I I don't care. And so by that, the story itself with Princess Sarda here, it's okay. You have a couple fun moments or whatever. But is this showing us anything that we need to know about the idea of do we want the Avengers back? Do the Avengers need to be back because this is happening or that's happening? Basically, you just have to go with the idea, ah, Coulson and Mephisto, bad. So Avengers need to be back. But yet we're seeing nothing and, and barely seeing the Avengers coming back. So you end up, yeah, Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman, I even said Princess Zarda fighting the old god ends up, you know, defeating him. All these things going on. And then she goes off to drink herself to oblivion in the head of the Statue of Liberty. While below, she ends up having stone statues because she can do a lot of things. She ends up like a Wonder Woman can use her chains of truth you know telling but also she seems to be able to turn people to stone and she has gathered up a garden of these stone statues where you end up having you know and, and big ones too no Noel's there right you also have janet van dyne the giantess then also the ferocious she-cat tigra 
And if you're going to have Tigra, the only Tigra I want is from Latrim, who ended up doing one of the best songs ever, Cars That Go Boom. And if you want to look that up, you will see that Lady Tigra, pretty cool. You also end up having, you know, a lot of other foes and things like that. Well, I said she she drinks, uses the magic mirror. There you even have, you know, all these things going on. Where it's just like, okay, well, what would Wonder Woman do here? Well, she uses a magic mirror to gather up booze. She likes to be drunk, right? So does Brandon. But hey, I'm not calling him a hero. Also, she's all horned up. And maybe I should call Hyperion because all I have to do is whisper in his ear. And he'll come flying in and we'll get down to dirty. All right, way to go. Way to go. And then and then says, yeah, but sometimes he talks about like, you know, how the children are our future and also American history. I don't need that bull crap. I just like to get busy. Uh, also, I could call, you know, Nighthawk or whatever. But really what I do want, oh, back in the day, I used to knock boots or booties or maybe even thin feet with Namor. Woo-wee. Now, there was a man. You simply haven't lived until you've made love on the seafloor. Like, the, this is the dialogue. You know, at, while... The Nazis that you beat up are getting eaten by sharks. Oh, my goodness gracious. This is just just nonsense. Then all of a sudden she hears a big thunderclap. Oh, my God. What's that? Goes out. Seemingly Hercules is kind of coming out of being a statue for some reason and then isn't and then is compelled to tell the truth there with the chain of veracity. And, yeah, he just starts laughing, gets turned back into a statue. She ends up getting her Bifrost axe, an axe made of the Bifrost. And slams it down and heads off to Asgard, which is in ruins, where there is Thor, who as a play in the endgame type deal, he's been drunk, he's a slob, he has a beard, and also has a pizza shirt on. And she's like, who the hell are you? And he's like, well, who the hell are you? And they're going back and forth with this. She thinks that he's just some nonsense person, whatever. She attacks with the Bifrost axe. He sees the Bifrost. Beloved Bifrost, what has happened to you? Oh, by Odin's beard. And then you just you, you go back and forth seemingly just to then have, you know, power princess, Princess Zarda run Thor through with the invisible blade, the no blade. But that doesn't kill him because he's Thor. And she says and, and even like lines like this, even his booze or even his blood smells like booze. Wonder if spilling it all will get me drunk. Let's hope so. <laughs> hey, let's hope so. So Thor ends up fighting back And the big thing, what are you, the god of lightning What are you, this, and he ends up like throwing up She says, he vomits storms Okay, and that's a great one too, I love it Um, But yeah, through this whole deal It is where, you know Princess Art is like, something's going on Something keeps whizzing on by me Keeps running on by it, I'm like, was it Blur? Because Blur's on her team, so what would it be? It ends up being Molnir And he ends up being able to catch it, obviously When he catches it, he's worthy here He ends up pretty much Turning into Thor and says, you know, this is Molnir, the hammer of heaven, and I'm its master, the Lord of Living Thunder, blood son of all fathers Odin, the almighty prince of Asgard. He goes through. I mean, really, he's pretty much filling out his LinkedIn right there for like he, he's been gone a while. So now that he knows it, he's, he's got to get them clicks. And so you end up where she says, enough talk. Show me who you are with punches. Oh, OK. But then says, wait a second. And and it's the play here that you don't see what he says, but he says, wait a minute, I remember everything. I remember the, and then boom, he, he goes off, he goes off Molnir, he hits gun. And, you know, in a flash and a crack of coom, the coward was gone. He ran away. Now, this is Zarda talking to 
the rest of the squadron supreme so she she's playing it up her way like i smacked the beard off of that guy no 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 he just kind of picked up monier and i got him in the sexy self is what it does and says i don't know but he said something at the end and i don't know if you ever heard of this but he said there were beings called avengers and then you end up having all the the squadron there listening and whatnot like huh the only one who seems blur he seems distracted probably you know thinking of how many tvs he has to continue the joke there now we go to the backup and so you did get a little you know in this you start all this going on but you do get a little like thor's back in the game but is that enough story like that's all we're getting Phoenix forces him Ravencroft. She remembers things. Blade, he's in London. And then he remembers. He goes to the U.S., figures out that he should go dig up uh, Steve from the end. Captain America, Steve Rogers from the ice gets him. That's all we've got. I mean, that literally, it, it, legitimately, is all we got. And so now Thor just said, oh, yeah, I remember him becoming Thor. It's not enough. It's not enough at issue six of a seven-issue event, the main book, and also all these tie-ins that have done nothing. And sorry if you're there, well, you know, why can't you have fun with this? Why I can't have fun with it? It's because it's not that good. I, I There is a concept there that would be neat, but you're not doing anything with it. You're seemingly just wasting months of time to say, hey, what would it be like with the Justice League? And, and I'll just, I keep saying it, but if I want to read that, I'll go read the actual book. Not this nonsense, but yeah, you go and then you see a cute little, Princess Zarda, I mean, it's Diana on Themyscira, but instead, you know, it's her on Utopia Island, and they're fighting away, she's ruthless, all this. You go through the ages of wars that you end up having, you know, Zarda going through, and with that, each time you see that on the outskirts, Thor's just there drinking it up. He's loving life, he's, you know, he's not involved, he doesn't want to get to be the deal, and and as you go, things kind of up the ante. I mean, at one point, instead of punching Hitler... Zarda has beheaded him and just has him there as like a party favor. Hey, look at Adolf. Look at him, everybody. Toast Adolf. Um, well, when you end up having recently in Norway, suddenly what seems to have gotten Thor, he ended up falling down. He was in that bar in Norway, falls down and yells, oh, my God, I can feel the God bomb. So then we go off and see that Gore has attacked you end up having zarda in i mean as this is going on she's just more and more just wonder woman diana and she ends up grabbing the all black the necro sword things like that and then ends up where in the thing quite like the whole jason aaron thor through the ages whatnot ends up fighting gore throughout that and ends up defeating him and this is where i said at the beginning it seems like thor's pissed off because you know as the joke she stole his thunder because she took down Gore. But in the end, I mean, is is that that big? I mean, it's this alternate deal and stuff like that. Gore is done. And he's saying he should have done it. Is the normal, just average, you know, work a day schmuck me, Jim, reading this really care? Like the idea, oh, my God, how dare she? How dare she do that? But then by the end, again, as we've had with, you know, Blade uh, going to Steve, then Blade and Steve going to Echo, Phoenix Force, and then going to Wakanda to get Black it, it just ends up, you know, Maya shows up. Hey, look at me. I'm the Phoenix Force, and things aren't right, and we're going to grab you because you should join up with all my friends, the Avengers. Let's go. And then it ends. This is just, I, I don't, 
each time I read one of these issues, I get so perplexed with the idea of how is Jason Aaron doing this and thinking it's anything? How is Tom Brevoort, who sits there online and brags about this, actually, does he believe his own bullcrap? Because this is not good. It could be good in a way of having what ifs. Just one. What if the Squadron Supreme was legitimately the event, the Justice League? Or what if the Avengers did go and you had one issue? Stretch it maybe to three. But 18, which again, every time I talk about it, I say this seemed cool because it wasn't an overblown thing, say, like the King in Black. But 18 issues of nothingness is 18 issues too many. And with all that, I think the art's great in this. And there, again, there's some fun to be had. This one, not so much, I thought. Like some of them, even the Blur one, it was kind of annoyingly funny and whatnot. But I don't know the Hyperion one I didn't mind. Uh, but even the, each one just is kind of like, hey, look at this character as a piece of crap. And the, the funny thing is, it's almost like the idea of if somebody's there and like, well, that's what you're supposed to see, Jim. You're supposed to see if they were here. The Justice League, because you're here at Marvel, are so awful that if they were here in the Marvel Universe, they would look like pieces of crap. Okay, but then you can't turn that around and show, say, a Zarda taking down, you know, things and and going through all of this stuff and, and getting the Necro Sword and doing all these things that, you know, Thor struggled with at points. You know, now you're saying, so which is better? You know, which is the thing that's going on here that we should be thinking, okay, well, we need the Avengers back or these characters just don't get it done or whatnot because it just feels very, very odd. I mean, Gore, he just gets destroyed by Wonder Woman. So would it be better with Wonder Woman here? But it, it, like, it, it just has the fun. I don't know what's going on in the world. I don't know if people are like, oh, my God. It's a totalitarian government going on. Oh, my God, the Squadron Supreme is just there as the president's hit squad. Oh, they're doing this. Oh, they're going overseas and just destroying things that they don't like and and getting their nose up. We're not getting anything. We're getting a little bit of a tiny, tiny, you know, fetch quest deal with Blade trying to put the Avengers together in the meantime. Hey, everybody, here's Zarda. Hey, everybody, here's Blur. Hey, here's Nighthawk. I just... I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't think I ever will. Uh, with that, I'll go 5.5 with this one. And I'll admit, some of it is the idea that I'm, I'm just done. I keep to every time I'm like, I'm not going to do it. But the main book I will I will always follow with this because, you know, it is the big thing. But is it is it anymore? I, I don't know. Because to me, I'm having a lot more fun and a lot bigger things than, say, like an Amazing Spider-Man or a Daredevil or things like that. And then I go into this that's a supposed event, and it's just a dud. So when it goes, I think that it's just going to disappear. Nobody will talk about it later. It'll just be like, hey, wasn't that a weird thing going on? Yeah, hey, if you want to see these amalgams, go and check it out because I, I don't think it's great. But, yeah, 5.5, that's me. That's it. Everybody else can like what they want. Let me know what you think. And also go over to our Twitter so you can tell me at WS Marvel Comics. And then also go to our website, weirdsciencemarvelcomics.com, and also go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash weirdscience. And just as an aside, just as an aside for how we do things or whatever, the DC side of things, we end up explaining it a little more. But I'm not a person who can come on. I I realize, and I'm being completely honest here, I I know what the game is. I I could come on here and just pretend everything's freaking roses and lollipops. And everybody, oh, my God, that guy's so positive. I I think that he's the greatest guy ever. 
And sometimes I even think maybe I'll do that. Maybe I'll come on and say like, well, I mean, I, I can play it willy nilly. I, I can come in and it's like, well, you know, it's good in this way, but it's not. Yeah, I'll give it an eight because it's there and whatever. But I'm excited, whatever. I, I can't do it. I'm, I, I wish I could. I wish I could just pretend that I loved everything, give everything a 10 and claim that I'm Mr. Positive and everybody should love me. And I, I'm saying this because once I go through this and I'm so angry and I'm like, hey, you should go and check things out on the Patreon. It's one of those like, oh, what do I want to see this negative thing? But the good thing about the Patreon as a aside, and just that, is I'm not going to fake the funk. That's the statement, and I'm not. If I don't like something, you will know that I don't like it. Hopefully I'm explaining, maybe even over-explaining, some of the things that I don't like about it. I'm not just going to say something sucks or something's great without an explanation. But over at the Patreon, a lot of the things end up picked by the badasses of the Get Fresh crew, beep, boop, but also things that I get to pick that I like. I, I actually get to pick things. This show... We just talk what comes out each week, whatnot. Uh, but there we get to talk about a lot of a lot of fun things. And one of the things that I'm going to be doing this month, first off, I'm going to be doing uh, a podcast on the Future Imperfect story, the maestro story of Future Imperfect 1 and 2, and then going through the first trade of the all-new Wolverine, which is two of my favorite characters, Laura and Gabby. It's more of a character of the month for Gabby. But Laura's right there as well as an awesome character. So those are some, those are some of the things. I just sit there and I'm like, I don't know what's going on here. I, because this, this week, kind of a little down on some of the books. So I apologize for that. But I really can't apologize because it's just the idea. And it's only my opinion. So everybody can, you know, like what they want, hate what they want, whatever. But, yeah, at least have a reason. It's the worst when you end up not liking something. Somebody like, why don't you like that? Because... Because it stinks. Well, why does it stink? Because it does. That's not enough. So hopefully that explains a little. But thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening. I, I really do love these comics, and I, I, I enjoy talking about them. So it's, it is a lot better when you actually like them, though. But, hey, that's what's going on. Thanks, everybody. And, uh, yeah, go to all those links. They're all in the show notes, all that. And I will talk to you next week.